Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. There's a mighty man right here, Francesco, a legend. Really, really ridiculously good looking. Personal trainer, extraordinaire, mighty man, has a heart for God, a heart to serve. He's like, yeah, put me, put me in with the babies, put me with the kids. I love to, I love to look after all the kids. He and beautiful Bree, so willing to, to bless our kids, to, to be used by God. Emerge was a, a turning point for you. It was uh, as soon as as soon as his team found out that he was a personal trainer, like, oh, you're going in that event, you're going in that event, you're going in that event, and then he wins them all. God has called you to be a winner. Even though you're a personal trainer right now, that's your that's your job. You've been faithful with that, but that's not that's not your destiny and calling. God has called you into to something. Greater. It's not that you can't be a great personal trainer. It's not that that's not a, a noble calling. You're helping people take the best care of their bodies as possible. Like, and, and, and if, if that's your calling, then do that excellent. Do that the best that you can, like Francesco. But there's, there's something different. There's, there's a level of influence that God has called you into, and, and you're not going to be able to achieve that level of influence in the position that you're in right now. And that's what I mean by greater. You, you are, are slow to speak in, in many cases. You, you let other people talk. You let other people say the things that, that they want to say. And, and you, you keep your opinions to yourself time, sometimes, which is, which is good. But God is unlocking something in you in this season. And, and it started at a merge where um, God is giving you a new voice. You know, and he's giving you new capacity. I know that, that you have a lot of family back in Italy, and, and you have the, the, these thoughts and these prospects of, of starting businesses there and, and, and you know, because of all the connections there. But I just see there's a, there's a new season for you right here in El Cajon. There's a new season for you. There's a time for you right here. You're called to create right here. You're called to start something new right here. You're called to unleash the potential, the power that's within you right here. And I just see for, for you and Bree, there's, there's been these times where, where it's like one of you is, is leading and the other one is, is kind of behind. And, and then the switch and like somebody else will be leading and then, and then the other one's a little bit behind. But this is a season where you're going to step into something equally yoked. You're going to step into something together with authority, with power. There's power in agreement. God, I pray power over Francesco and Bree. God, I pray power over their relationship. I pray power over their potential. I pray power over their voices, God, that they are called to be influencers for the kingdom of God. They're so good at connection. They're so good at relationship, God. They're going to use those relationships to build the kingdom of God. They're going to use those relationships to build life, not for their own personal gain, but to but out of the genuine heart to want to bless people, to want to love people, to want to be a part of people's lives. God, I thank you for what they're doing right now and what they're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Can we give the worship team 
a hand. Wow, wow, wow. Incredible. Thank you, guys. You can all grab a seat. I am excited for this word today. I, I love that song that we sung at the, sang at the end, and um, it just activates something in us. I, we need to get off our feet every now and then. We need to worship. We need to sing. We need to dance. And, and if I didn't already have a, a title for this message, then I probably would have called it Echoes of Heaven. Echoes of Heaven. This word um, was, was by personal request. So uh, when, when we were at Emerge, I had the, the privilege, the honor to, to share kind of a, a quick five-minute word before the prayer on Saturday morning. And God put it in my heart to, to share this concept about the, the ability to speak a new language. And so I, I shared with, with all the men of Emerge this new language called Emerge Speak. But, uh, but one of the guys there, after, after I shared, it must have it resonated with him because uh, this was one of my, my good friends from way back in our early Connect Group leader days, Pastor Lisa and I. And uh, he's since moved up to the, to the Bay Area. But he said, he said, I need to hear the 35-minute version of that. So this is the 35-minute version of Emerge Speak. The 35-minute version of Emerge Speak. And, and uh, you know, Lisa was like... Emerge speak, that, that's just for the men. That doesn't apply to everybody. But as I was thinking it, about it, processing it, I was realizing, you know what? This is, this is not just for the men. You know, this is for, for everybody. Anybody who is a Christian needs to understand this principle. You see, God reached down into the dirt and he formed man from the dust of the ground. And so we, we emerge, mankind emerged out of the dust of the ground, out of the earth. But then God breathed the breath of life. He breathed the breath of life into man. And so the first step in this process, the first step for us as mankind was to emerge. We were, we were brought out of the ground. We were, we were emerging from the ground. But then it wasn't until God breathed the breath of life into us and life came in that we were given the power to speak. The power to speak. And it's such an important distinction and such an important power because it's what distinguishes us from all of the rest of the animals that were created. God created all of the animals, but he breathed the breath of life into man, and then man was given the power to speak. No other creation that God made has the power to speak. Dogs can bark, lions can roar, but only mankind can speak. Only mankind has the ability to replicate what God did. You see, the spoken word was not first intended for communication. Spoken word, its primary, its initial purpose was not for communication. The first purpose of God's words, the first purpose of our words is for creation. God said in the beginning, let there be light, and light came into existence. God said, let there be heavens above and heavens beneath. God said, let there be dry ground that forms. God said, let animals and plants and all of these things fill creation. The first purpose for words was creation. So we need to learn how to create the same way that God creates. Things emerge out of the ground. Things emerge in our life. We have emerged as Christians, but now we need to learn a new language. Now we need to learn emerge speak. Emerge speak. You see, just because we were created with the signature of heaven, just because we were created 
by the words of God. He, he breathed the breath of life into us. He's spoken these words of life into us. We were created that way. We were created for that purpose, and that's still in our DNA. In, in fact, Jesus said, even if we stay silent, the rocks would cry out. The rocks would cry out and worship him because all of creation, everything that was made carries the signature, carries the DNA, it carries the voice of the creator. God spoke into the rocks and formed them. So the rocks still right now to this day and for all eternity will be, will be reverberating with the sound of the creator. There's so many people that... that you know, have a hard time believing in God, have a hard time believing in the creator. There's, there's people that choose to be atheists. They choose to deny the presence of God. There's, there's, you know, certain people that are, you know, very logical thinkers or scientists, and they try and disprove God. None of them have been successful, of course. And I think it almost takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian. Because you're constantly railing against, you're constantly pushing against the nature that's written on the inside of you. You were made in the image of God. You carry the DNA of the creator. Everything in your body wants to believe there is a God. Everything in your being knows the truth. So for you to be an atheist, for you to, to try to believe that the, wor that the universe was just there, it actually takes a lot of faith. But one of the basic principles of Christianity, once we, once we make that decision that we want to be a Christian, that we want to follow Jesus, we've got to learn to speak the language of heaven. And it, it takes some rewiring because we are in this fallen world. We, we live in a state where there is sin, where there is death, where there is destruction, where there is evil. And so sometimes we don't, always, we don't always respond the way that heaven would respond. Sometimes we don't always believe or think or say or do the things of heaven. Maybe we have some wires crossed here and there. Maybe we've got a fuse blown. Has anybody ever blown a fuse? I've blown a fuse from time to time. There's sometimes when we walk through life and, and we just, we need a, a restart. Who knows what the, the BSOD is in computing the blue screen of death. Anybody ever experienced the blue screen of death with your computer? There's sometimes when you get into a state and everything is just jumbled up and confused and nothing makes sense and nothing's working. You're clicking on the mouse and it's not doing anything. And so the only thing that you can do is go to the power button and just hold it down, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, until the whole system reboots. Sometimes we need to reboot. In fact, that is the definition of what Jesus has done for us. He's given us the ability to reboot our life. We are reborn. We are made new. We are born again through Christ. We all, we all need to go through that reboot from time to time. But the ability to speak life is what distinguishes us from the world. The ability to, to speak faith, the ability to speak this language is what separates us from the rest of the world. And so today I want to unpack kind of four characteristics, if I get there. I only got to three last service. So I want to unpack some characteristics of what it means to emerge speak. The first, as I said, is the language of creation. The most powerful, the most important, the primary characteristic of speaking life is that we have to understand that our words have power. Our words have power to create. The most powerful ability that we have 
is when we use the words of God, when we speak the words of God, when we speak the word of God, then we have access to unlimited power. When I was preparing for this message, it was, it was very difficult. It's kind of like, it was kind of like packing for a trip and, and you have all of these clothes that you want to wear and like, oh, I might need that and I might need that. And, and then you look at the size of the pile of the clothes that you've created and then you look at your suitcase. You look at the clothes and you look at the suitcase. We can make this work. So you start shoving stuff in there, sitting on it, like, you know, trying to get it to zip and then you realize, I got to take some stuff out. So... This is a nice shirt, but it's not for this trip. These are some nice shoes, but there's no way they're getting in that suitcase. This is, some, this is a nice wardrobe, but I just can't use it right now. It's not for the intended purpose. So this message, I have 15 different scriptures that I'm packing into this 26 minutes that I have left. I had, to, I had to get rid of some clothes. It's a nice, it's a nice shirt, but I, it's not for right now. When, when, you're, when you're engaging heaven, when you're, when you're digging into the Bible, you'll find that there's, there's so many good things. It's all good. It's the word of God. It's good. But there's certain things that are applicable for right now. There's certain wardrobes. There's certain clothing. There, there's certain things. There's certain shoes that you're supposed to wear right now. It's not that the other stuff's not good. It's all good. But what is most important? What is critical for you right now? What is going to make you look the best on this trip that you're taking right now? That's what you need to hold on to. So as I unpack a lot of these scriptures, you don't have to write down everything. You don't have to remember everything. But hang on to like one or two. Hang on to like one or two. What are, the, what are the things that are most important for you right now? What are the things that resonate with you right now, that hit home right now? Man, I needed to hear that. Then you go and unpack it. So like what I'm doing, what I'm sharing is not supposed to, to be, oh, okay, well, that's, that's everything I need for the week. I don't need anything else. No, this is just the starting point. This is just to engage you, to help you think, to help you grow, to help you mature. Then you go and, and search out the mysteries. God has hidden mysteries throughout his word. It's our honor, our privilege to go and, and unpack them, to dig them out, to find the gold in there. Because I can read a scripture, I can share a scripture with you right now. But, but if you go and you take it home and, and, and you, you expand on it, you look at the context, you see the, the situation and everything, God will, God will show you new things that I never even thought of. God will show you things that, that no one has ever thought of. His word has an infinite amount of possibility and potential. Your words have an infinite amount of possibility and potential. The language of creation. So if anybody ever, ever tells you, argues with you, hey, Awaken Church, they're not a word church. You can say, well, Pastor Michael used 15 scriptures in his message. So they are, in fact, a word church. And we're a power church. And we're a discipleship church. And we're a Bible-believing church. We are a word church. We're not a woke church. We're not a Bible-editing church. We're not a Bible-redacting church. Oh, I don't like that part. Rip it out. Oh, I don't like that part. Rip it out. We believe the word of God. We preach the word of God. We're a God-is-love church. We're not a love is love church. Oh, just define your own love. Whatever you think love is, that's love. No, God is love. He is the definition of love. So if God doesn't love it, then we don't love it. If God speaks against it, then we speak against it. The Bible says that God hates sin. So we hate sin. It's that simple. But it's difficult to work out. 
It is difficult to work out. One of the, the scriptures, the scripture that I want to start with when I'm reading this, I, I, I read it again and again, and I read it in different translations, and, and it, just, it just resonated with me that this scripture, maybe more than any other scripture in the Bible, just confirms, confirms the deity of Jesus Christ. So maybe if you're, if you're having a, a friendly discussion with some of your friends in other religions who, who believe that Jesus was a prophet or believe that Jesus was an important figure, believe that Jesus did some amazing things, but don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God, then you come to John 1.1. John 1.1, Christ, the eternal word. In the beginning, in the beginning, the word already existed. So before the first words of the Bible, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created, before that was even written, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning. So we know that he is the word. The word is a he. The word is a person. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Just let that sink in for a second. In the, rest of, in the rest of John 1, it talks about John the Baptist and, and his mission and his calling to, to reveal to everyone that Jesus Christ is this word. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. But he is a deity. He is part of the Godhead, the Trinity. Jesus is the word and he is the example. So the main takeaway that I have for us today, if God created the world through the word, we are, we are called to create our world with our words. God created the world, everything we see, all of creation, with the word, with Jesus. Nothing was made except through the word. So we are called to use our words to create our world. We are called to use our words to create our world. You have so much power in your words all the, all the emerged men should know the answer to this. What's the most powerful muscle in your body? The tongue. The tongue is the most powerful muscle or group of muscles in your body. Not because it can lift the most weight. There's other muscles that can lift more weight. There's other muscles that are bigger in size. There's other muscles that might have more strength per pound. But there's no muscle in your body that is more powerful than the tongue. With your tongue, you can create death or life. With your tongue, you can build up or you can tear down. With your tongue, you can speak life or you can speak death. You can bless and you can curse with your tongue. There is no muscle in your body that is more powerful than your tongue. And this is a God-given ability. When he breathed the breath of life into us, when he created all the animals, he brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. In Genesis 2, Adam called the animals whatever he wanted. And what he called them, that was their name. What he called them, that's what they became. So my primary objective today is to help us create a world with our words that we would want to live in. You're called to create a world with your words that you and other people would enjoy living in. If you don't enjoy living in your world, if other people don't enjoy living in your world, then maybe you need to learn a new language. Maybe it's time to emerge speak. So I'm going to unpack this for you a little bit. 1 Peter 
For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life. Anybody here want to enjoy life? Raise your hand. Come on, every hand should be lifted up. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Pretty simple. Pretty easy to understand. If I want good life, say good things. If I want good life, say good things. And don't lie. A kindergartner could understand this. Even the most basic lessons that we teach our kids is tell the truth. Say good things. It's a simple concept, but everybody fails at it. Everybody. Who feels a little bit of relief? Okay. It's all right. Everybody. I'll show you in the word. James 3.2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. We could control ourselves in every other way. Now, Mary Poppins was, was practically perfect, and she could, she could fly, right? She was not quite perfect, but she could fly. So if there's any perfect people here today, please fly around the room. Demonstrate your perfection. No? Okay, no perfect people. Okay, wait, we got one back there. One person thinks they're perfect. Come on, demonstrate for us. Fly around. Mary Poppins could do it. She was practically perfect, that, which means that maybe in, in the secret place after she put Jane and Michael to bed, she had a few choice words for those little rascals. <laughs> Which begs the question, do the things that we say when no one else around matter? If no one else is around to hear it, does it matter what we say? It absolutely does. Why? Because God gave you ears. You can hear the things that you say. And when you say negative things, that's getting into your ears and it's reverberating, it's echoing in your spirit. What you say when no one else is around still matters because you can still hear it. Are you speaking life into yourself? Or are you speaking cursing or death into your life? You hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. You know where they're coming from. We have been given the ability to bless or to curse. And I'm not going to read the rest of the, the, scripture, the scripture. It's too, it's too long, too much. But, but it talks about in the rest of James 3 to 2 to 10 how the tongue is an evil. There's constantly death flowing out of it. There's constantly wrong. It, it, it's, it always tends towards negative things. So why, why, God, would you give us this thing that is constantly leading us down the wrong path? That is constantly an avenue of death, a, a tool for the enemy at times. Why? Because in verse 9 it says, sometimes, sometimes our tongue praises the Lord our Father. Sometimes we choose to praise the one who is worthy. The most powerful thing that you can do is use your tongue to praise your heavenly Father. But it's our choice. I know this is, this is a bit of a, a, a meaty lesson today. It's a bit of a meaty teach any meat lovers in the room today? Come on. At Awaken Church, we like, to make, we like to make pizzas. We make it half cheese, half sausage. Half cheese, half sausage. So everybody can, can have what they want. And if you're kosher, just pretend like the sausage is, is cloven hoof, chewing the cud type of sausage. And if you have no idea what that means, then the cheese pizzas is for you. Milk and meat, milk and meat. And if you, if you like veggies, you're like, where are the veggies? Go see Romans 14.2. The Bible will tell you what, what it thinks about people that eat only veggies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
But it says it, but it says it. I mean, remember, context, context. Look at the context of the scripture. Unpack it, unpack it. Words do matter so much. When I was a teenager, I, I came to my dad one time and, and I was uh, asking him, you know, what, what's the big deal about curse words, you know? They're just words, right? And he kind of looks at me and smiles. He's like, so, you've been trying out a few, have you? <laughs> no. I didn't realize that my words can bring blessing or cursing. And it's funny that they're called curse words. When you speak curse words, you're literally speaking curses over people or over yourself or into your life. You're certainly not creating a reflection of heaven. Our words have the ability to produce. Produce fruit, either good fruit or bad fruit. Two things are required for production. You need an environment for growth, and then you need the resources to make something grow or to produce something, to bring it together. Plants typically need soil or an environment for growth, and then they need sunlight or water, in most cases, in order to produce, in order to grow and produce fruit. Our, our little puppy, Harley, she needs food and water every single day. It wouldn't be enough for me to say, oh, well, I gave her some water last week. So she's fine. She can still grow, right? No. She needs constant resources. If she would process those resources outside instead of inside, it would be so much better for our life. So if you have any tips for us to, to help us in that endeavor, we're, we're open. Isaiah 55, 11. It is the same way with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, says God. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. God has a 100% success rate with his words. Every time he speaks, it does what he called it to do. It does. It fulfills his intended purpose. Our job, our goal is to do that, to get there. Every time we say something, it should fulfill its intended purpose. Every time we speak, there should be good fruit that is produced. We always should produce God-like fruit with our words. When we speak, we, we can create life, a tree of life. When we, when we speak over our wife, we're, we're speaking blessing into our marriage. We're speaking favor. When we speak encouragement into our kids, we're, we're creating a destiny and a future, not just for them, but for all of our descendants. When we bless our businesses, we're, we're speaking life into our bank account. We're creating an environment where there can be healthy growth, an environment where there's fruit, an environment where we can see the word of God established in our life. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And right after that, the very next verse, God is so smart, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So before God is, is ready to give us a wife and, get, and obtain favor for the Lord, we need to realize death and life are in the power of our tongue. If we want to have a good life, if we want to have a good wife, if we want to have a healthy marriage, then we need to speak life into our wife. Come on, husbands, raise your hand if you want to speak life into your wife. I did this in the first service, and, and uh, well, I'm going to do it again. So stand up, my beautiful wife. Today... Today is 40 days before her 40th birthday. She's going to be turning 40 in 40 days. And I wanted to be the first to, to speak blessing over you, to speak life over you. Over this next 40 days, may they be a season of preparation for you. 
God is calling you into a new thing. He's calling you into a purpose. He's calling you into to a new level of authority. And I am so grateful that I get to do life with you and beside you. You are beautiful. You're the joy of my life. You, you make me better in every way. You make our kids better in every way. You make these people, anybody who hears you, you make them better. Your smile that you had when I first met you was brilliant. And it's my job, my responsibility, my honor to help you smile every day. I love you so much, and um, I'm so grateful that we get to do life together. And I, I, I didn't do this in the first service, but I want to commission you all. If you have some words of life that you would like to speak or, or say or write over Pastor Lisa, then over the next 40 days, feel free to, to drop a note, drop a card at the info booth. Um, if she's blessed you in some way, then uh, I want to commission you all. Feel free to bless her as well. Feel free to, to write down, you know, a memory that you have with her, something that she said that's impacted you or, or just in some way if she's blessed you, then, then return the favor. Amen? Amen? All right. Our fruit defines us. And this next verse is a constant reminder for me, Matthew 12, 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And Jesus is talking to the religious leaders, you brood of snakes, how evil, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? And I want you to, to highlight this next section, underline it, circle it, write it on your neighbor's arm, do whatever you have to do. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account. Woo. You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. I wish I knew that as a teenager. <laughs> the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. The good news is, if you haven't been speaking words of life, if you haven't had a good track record in this area, you can change that right now. You can start speaking the words of life from this day forward till death do us part. You can start to speak life in every situation. You can start to speak not idle words. You can start to speak the truth, but the truth in love. The truth in love. You will be tested. You will be given the opportunity to say things that you shouldn't say. To speak things that you shouldn't speak. Especially with your children. They will give you an opportunity every single day to say something the wrong way. Sometimes it's the right words, but sometimes we can say it the wrong way. How many times have I failed at this? So let me count the ways. No, it would take too long. Our kids will give us an opportunity to, to say the right thing in the wrong way or say the wrong thing at the right time. We need to choose to speak life over our children. We need to choose to correct. We should correct. We should speak up. We should say what needs to be said. But I'm constantly telling my boys, you got to think before you speak. And that's biblical. 15, Proverbs 15, 28. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Be slow to speak, yes, sometimes. But you have to speak. You must not stay silent. Why? The next language characteristic of emerge speak is the language of authority. The language of authority. Immediately after... God created man and brought the animals to Adam, and Adam named them. And, and then God made woman because God knew that Adam needed some help. 
And then Adam spoke Eve over her. Immediately after that, interstage left the devil, taking the form of the serpent. It says in Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Right there, right there, Adam should have jumped in because Adam was right there with her. Adam should have jumped in and said, Yes, in fact, God has said. God has said that we're not supposed to eat of the fruit of this tree. God has given us all of the other trees, all of the other fruit, all of the other space in the garden for us to occupy, to enjoy. But this one is reserved for him. This one we're not supposed to eat of. That's what should have happened. That's what Adam should have done. But Adam was silent. Adam abdicated his responsibility. And so the only voice that Eve heard in that moment was the voice of the devil. The only words that she was hearing were words that were laced with deception. See, the devil constantly uses words that seem like life, that seem like the truth, but they're taken out of context, and there's deception woven in. You look at Jesus when he went into the wilderness. For 40 days, he was tested, and the devil came to him time and time and time again and said, isn't it true this? Isn't it true that? Isn't it true this? But the context was, was wrong. There was always a spirit of deception that overshadowed it. And so what Jesus did, he is the example. He said, no, devil, it is written, full context, full stop, this is the word of God. Whenever the devil is speaking to you, you need to speak back. And you say, no, this is the context, this is the word of God, full stop. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you speak the words of life, if you speak the word, then you will overcome, you will overpower, you will dominate, you will take authority over any words that the devil is speaking. Why? Because his words lack authority. Because he doesn't give honor where honor is due. The world is constantly speaking things. The world is constantly saying things like Oprah that, that, that seem like the truth. They seem like they're good. It seems like it's beneficial, but they always, they always remove honor from it. They always take God's name out of the equation. They always will, will, will say that they came up with it. It was their idea or, or look at this great thing that I've done or I've found or I've made. They don't put honor where honor is due, so they don't have authority. Now, because God's principles are always true, seeding, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, summer and winter, if they put those things into practice, it will work. It does work. Why? Because it's a principle that God established. There's no authority in it because there's no honor. So we need to take authority over our home, over our family, over our territory, over this city, over your schools, over your businesses, over the marketplace. Anything that you want to protect, you've got to speak life over it. You've got to take authority over it. Don't let the devil be the only voice in our school boards. Don't let the devil be the only voice in our candidates running for office. Don't let the devil be the only voice in your life. You have to speak and speak the truth. Luke 10, 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all power of the enemy. And you can walk among the snakes and scorpions and crush them, and nothing will injure you. So whose authority is this? What do I say in these situations? How do I say it? So glad you asked. I've got a scripture for that. John 12, 49 to 50. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. Even Jesus says, I don't speak on my own authority. 
The Father who has sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. You don't have to know what you're supposed to say when you stand up in the school board. You don't have to know what you're supposed to say when you stand up in front of that town council meeting. You don't have to know what you say when the devil confronts you. God will show you what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. And if you're not sure about it, check it against the word. Does it line up with the word of God, the full context of the word of God? Then it's the truth. Then you're supposed to speak it out. We cannot be silent. God has written in your heart what you're supposed to say. There's a story in the Bible of the centurion who had a sick servant, and he loved this servant so much. But something else was in his heart. He believed that Jesus had the power over that sickness. So he sent some other servants to go and and intercept Jesus because he said, I understand that this man is not just a normal man. I understand that this man has authority, and, and I believe that this authority could have only come from a heavenly place. He understood the deity of Jesus Christ. So he, he sent his other servants saying, I'm not worthy to even come to you. Please don't even come to my house. My house is not worthy to receive you. But just say the word. I believe that you have authority over the sickness. And I believe that if you just say the word, then my servant is healed. That's an understanding of authority. And in fact, it amazed Jesus. Jesus said, in all of Israel, I haven't seen somebody who believes with authority like this. We have to believe. Do you believe that the words you speak can impact somebody that doesn't even hear them? Jesus said the word and the servant was healed. He was nowhere near that servant. But the servant was healed. Do you believe that the words that you speak aren't restrained by distance? If you believe that, then you understand the language of faith. The next characteristic, the language of faith. And this starts with conviction. Conviction. Conviction is this, an unshakable belief in something without the need for proof or evidence. Conviction, an unshakable belief in something without the need for proof or evidence. We believe that God exists. We believe that Jesus Christ is his son. Do we have any physical evidence? Maybe not. But we believe it anyway. Why? Because we have that personal conviction. Abraham is called the father of our faith. And he was called this before he was ever a father in the natural. Romans 4, 17. I have made you a father of many nations, God says. In the presence of him... Who, in whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are, calls thing, those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. God spoke father over him, and father he became. God spoke, and there was power released. The meeting of faith and words is a place of power. When faith and words come together, power flows. If you have an appliance and you, you plug it into an outlet that's, that's got active power in it, then power will flow. It will do the thing that it's programmed. It will do the thing that it's mechanically built to do. Jesus had an active faith. The faith was always active on the inside of him. 
when his good friend Lazarus died, Lazarus was put into a grave. And Jesus came. Four days Lazarus had been dead. And the first thing he did is he said, move away the stone. One of the first things that we need to do when we're speaking words of faith is we need to remove obstacles. We need to remove doubt. They, they had covered up Lazarus because they believed that he was dead. They, need to, they needed to, to remove that stone, that obstacle of doubt, so that the environment of faith was right for the miracle to happen. We've got to remove the obstacles of doubt in our life to create an environment of faith so that when we speak, power can flow. When Jesus called out with a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. His words that were connected with his active faith produced power. Every cell in the dead man's body came back to life. Lazarus came out of the grave. When you speak with active faith, when your words materialize that faith, dead things will come back to life. You can speak with the faith of Jesus Christ. You can speak with power. You can speak with authority. Are you speaking? Remove the obstacles. Remove the doubt. Speak faith. Speak life. Put the power to good use. The most powerful thing we'll ever do to create a world worthy of living in is to put our faith into words. Let me say that again. The most powerful thing that we can ever do to create a world, our world, worthy of living in is to put faith into words. Romans 9 Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. That's it. The most powerful thing you can ever do is from a belief in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and your entire world will become worthy of living in. Can we make that decision? Can we make that choice? Do we know how to speak faith? Do we know how to speak the words of life? Once we make that decision, once we make that choice, we then need to put it to good use. When we've done the most powerful thing that we can do, put our faith into words, then for the rest of our life, the rest of our Christian walk, our job, our responsibility is to continue to speak life to continue to put our words, the application of what we have received into blessing, not cursing, into life and not death, into building up and not tearing down. Why don't we stand as we come to a close, and I want to pray over some people. I'm going to end with this, this verse, Proverbs 12, 13 and 14. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. The wicked are trapped by their own words, but the godly escape such trouble. Wise words bring many benefit, and hard work brings rewards. Somebody say, faith and works. Faith and works. But what I want to do right now is I want to give you an opportunity to put into practice the most powerful thing that you can ever do. Put your faith into words. If anybody here today has not, from a belief in their heart, an unshakable conviction in your heart that Jesus is Lord. If you've never declared that openly, then I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now where you can create a world 
worthy of living in. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've never said yes to receive that free gift of grace, if you've never declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand right now, and I'll include you in that prayer. Who are those ones today? You know that you need to speak that out with a faith. Anybody here today? Thank you, Jesus. Who are those ones? You need to say yes. You need to declare in faith. See that hand. God bless you. So proud of you. Who else is there? I know there's maybe a a few more people here today, and you've never openly declared that Jesus is Lord. I just want to pray with you. God bless you. Anyone else today? God bless you. See that hand. So proud of you. Is there just one more? Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like there's a, there's a, a rustle going on in, in a heart right now. God bless you. So proud of you. Why don't we do this? Let's all say these words together. Everybody here today, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. And today, I repent of my sins. I claim that God is my Father that heaven is my home, and that from this day forward, I'm going to choose to speak life. I'm going to choose to echo heaven. I'm going to choose to live my life in a way that honors him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.